Hey, what's up? It's your girl Chai and you're tuning in to another episode of Chai Chat. I hope you all are having a productive and not so stressful week so far. It's a Tuesday night and um, I can say that this week has been a success. For the past six months, it's been pretty hectic for me when it comes to just making sure my household doesn't fall apart only because I, like I've said plenty of times, I have a baby and you you know how it is, especially if you're a single mom and, and how crazy that can get. Hold on. I thought I turned the speaker off. My bad. Ooh, child, I'm annoyed. That is one thing that's been bothering me. I've been so annoyed by like the little things because sometimes I feel like the universe be fucking with me, yo. I swear to God. Um, but I'm trying to remain positive. I'm trying not to be so self-centered to think that the entire universe is fucking with me. So I'm gonna let it rock for now. Um, for tonight's episode, it's going to be a little quick, hopefully, because, you know, my baby has been asleep for like the past two or three hours. So he's going to wake up and want some dinner randomly. So don't be surprised if I have to cut it short and abruptly. But um, today's episode, I wanted to just talk about a few social media headlines and an entertainment roundup and maybe briefly touch on something Elon Musk, old musty looking ass said. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about relationships and just, you know, basically, when do we walk away? And why do we shame people for wanting to work through their problems? So we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. First thing I want to talk about is um, Summer Walker's track list. She released her Still Over It album track list. I can't remember when she's releasing the album. When is she releasing the album? It's sometime in this month, I know. Um... Yeah, she got 20 songs on here, but you know what? They're probably like two minutes long. You know, that seems to be the trend these days. Two minute long songs thinking they're doing something. But I'm looking at the track list now, and I just now noticed that she has dates corresponding with each track list. So this is looking like it's going to be a very personal project, a very honest and transparent project and I'm not gonna lie I'm looking forward to it I'm not even a fan of Summer Walker like that um her album over it I did listen to it and um there was like a couple of songs that I liked but you know it didn't move or shake me I don't know if I said this before I most likely did but I'm not really an R&B head like that I never have been but you know every now and again I listen to some R&B tunes and um yeah I don't know what compelled me to listen to Summer Walker I'm gonna keep it real with you I think Summer Walker is for high school girls like no shade no shade um it's just some of y'all really be going off on the shade room and it's shit talking about you know her song is so deep and powerful and shit I, I promise you I'm not throwing shade but it's like it's definitely not giving what y'all think it gives but that's okay that's okay um 
I liked her song X for a reason. Now I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but X for a reason was a bop. It was cute. Um, I get it that the true Summer Walker fans are used to a certain style, but y'all got to allow artists to grow. Y'all got to allow artists to experiment. If y'all lock them in a box, especially somebody like Summer Walker, um, it, you, you're the ones who's going to suffer because they're not going to release music like that. And if they do release it, it's going to be piss poor because now they're catering to you. So let artists be artists, y'all. And uh, have an open mind about certain things that they do. I didn't appreciate how she approached that uh, the the backlash, quote unquote, from X for a reason. She basically shitted on her own project, and I feel like, look, sometimes people gonna love it, sometimes people gonna hate it. But stand on what you do, stand on what you give. Talking about, oh, it was the label's decision, girl. No, you know you like that song too. And that's okay. I wouldn't give a fuck if the whole universe hated my song. I would be like, I like it. And I know some of y'all going to like it. And if y'all don't, oh, well, I like it. My voice is on it. And somebody um, like JT was kind enough and professional enough to collaborate with a bitch. So uh, y'all get over it. So I'm a, I'm really shocked that she reacted that way. Usually she'd be on this whole, I'm a rebel type bullshit. I don't give a fuck about nobody and all this other shit. So the fact that she really like did that, it's just really surprising. And I'm a little disappointed, but whatever. Uh, let me see. I'm still looking at the track list. Um... Broken Promises seems like it's going to be interesting. Fourth Baby Mama prelude in the Fourth Baby Mama song. I'm looking forward to that. Sierra's Prayer. I could give a fuck about that. Um, Circus. Yeah, so I'm really going to give this a, a good listen to. Because, you know, this past year I went through my own fucking breakup and and I'm still reeling from it. Hell, just before I press record on this bitch, I was about to shed a tear or two because um, just thinking about how you can love somebody so much and that shit just falls apart the way that it does. And you think about where you were months ago and then you, you're just reflecting on where you at now. Like, months ago I was really laid up with this dude and now I don't even talk to him and we got a whole child together so you know it's just stuff like it's just stuff like that I'm not gonna lie I'm in my feelings tonight I'm gonna try to keep it positive but I promise you sometimes I be like really mad and just sad you know thugs cry too you feel me gangsters cry too (laughs) Anyway, um, moving on, Make the Stallions, Something for the Hotties mixtape. Um, I listened to a good amount of it. I'm still not done, but I did download. The, and what made me uh, listen to this mixtape, first of all, I didn't even know she released the mixtape. I feel like the blogs kind of snubbed her. Like, I did not really see it posted around like that. So what made me... Um, listen to it was I watch a lot of YouTube so some of the YouTubers was uh, 
talking about the song kitty what is it is kitty yeah kitty cat and you know they were saying like oh she kind of went off on that song and i listened to it and i mean i i guess but um i like eat it eat it is my shit i i even downloaded it i like eat it i like um hold on hold on hold on i like the tina snow interlude and I think I got just a few more songs to listen to, but I want to listen to it again because I was busy this day that I had it um, playing. I wasn't paying attention to it as deeply as I like to. But uh, yeah, it definitely stuck out stuck out to me and Tina's Snow interlude. But I love the cover art of the mixtape. I love the title. Um, very festive. And, you know, I just really appreciate when artists you know, do stuff like that, release little mixtapes or little, little EPs in between albums, just to keep the fans engaged, keep us, you know, on our toes or whatever. I love Megan Thee Stallion as a rapper. Do I agree with how she handles things professionally and a little bit in her personal life? Absolutely not. Um, in fact, it was to the point where I, she almost lost the fan in me because she was just really moving real crazy. But, her talent is undeniable. I think she's gorgeous. Um, she's just a breath of fresh air. Like, let's keep it real. All these rappers, female type, all of them look the fucking same. Like, all of them light-skinned, mixed, racially ambiguous, uh, talking like they men and shit. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm fucking tired of it, yo. So I feel like Megan Thee Stallion, as a mainstream A-list rapper, she's a breath of fresh air, and I'm all the way with it. Hold on, who is that? Oh, I thought I was on my Apple Music and on R&B was a picture of Summer Walker. But first glance, I thought it was Ariana Grande. I was about to be like, y'all got me all the way fucked up. Don't do that. Um, But yeah, so I'm going to cover something for the hotties at a later episode. Moving on to Jay-Z being inducted into the hall of, to the what? Hold on. I want to make sure I get this right. <laughs> Being inducted into the... I know what he was inducted to. I'm just trying to give y'all the right title. So. So, 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 so. Where we at with it? He was inducted to the Hall of Fame. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And he did an acceptance speech where he acknowledged Dame Dash. And just basically what he contributed to his journey and to the culture in general. And, you know, I have been a Jay-Z fan since I was 10, since I was 10 years old. I'm, I'll be 32 next month. So that's over 20 years of me being invested into Jay-Z's uh, career. And back then I was a huge, a huge Rockefeller um, Rockefeller, uh, what you call it, fan, and, um, I mean, man, those were the days, boy, um, man, early 2000s was, it was a journey, the late 90s, early 2000s, it was, when I tell y'all, the culture was just so hungry, the culture was so fucking just lit, 
like I don't I just uh sometimes I get so jealous that you know there were people who were grown and in the club at that time like I know that shit was going up so sometimes I really just be envious of that but when I was a preteen and teenager and stuff like music was so fun and it made you just feel like you was you may be like a little girl from the hood, but you one day going to be on top. Like that's how music made you feel. It was an experience. It was a journey. It was, you know, it was just a time to be alive. And Jay-Z, the Rockefeller crew, um, all the early, just all the earlier um, 2K people, I mean, artists, like they really contributed greatly to that. And And let me put this out there. I'm team Jay-Z, always have been, always will be. Um, and to all you hoes that say he's ugly, ugly wear, ugly wear. See, y'all don't know what a real man is. <laughs> y'all don't know, y'all don't know what real sex appeal is, real swagger is. Jay-Z is it, there's a reason why Beyonce's with him. Jay-Z is very intoxicatingly sexy. Like he has this. Just he emanates power. When you see that dude, and this is how he always been. When you see him, you know that you dealing with a real nigga. Like he, one thing about me, I'm into to people who, who look like look. I don't give a fuck if you ten feet tall, or whatever. You can't shake me. I'm, I'm standing 10 toes down with it. Like it's that confidence. It's that strength. It's that power. It's that I, I believe in myself and what I'm capable of and nobody and nothing can shake that. And that was the vibes that Jay-Z has always given. That dude is just power. When I see him, I see power and big dick energy always. And Beyonce saw it too. She know what the fuck is up. So all y'all saying, you know, he angling, like y'all are childish and y'all need to grow the fuck up, but whatever. I'm not going to judge y'all too hard for that to each their own, I guess. But anyway, damn, I got way off track with that. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so Jay-Z came up from like the eighties and he, he really got it out the mud and he built himself up from the ground up to what he is now. Do I acknowledge that he was on some shiesty shit? Of course he was. Like, I remember watching a documentary about Joe Budden on um, YouTube. And I think it was, who did that? Trap Lore? If you follow him on YouTube, Trap Lore. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up because I don't like re- referencing people who... I don't get their names right. Yes, I follow Trap Laura Ross. Trap Laura Ross gives a lot of good um, documentaries and stuff on uh, rap and hip hop. And he did one on Joe Budden. And in it, he broke down how uh, one of Joe Budden's, well, not one of the biggest hit Joe Budden ever had, how that came about and how it was originally for Jay-Z. And how Jay-Z, like something happened, man. Damn, I can't remember. But basically, Jay-Z pulled a a, a G move. He punked him. And um <laughs> and Joe Budden confronted him about it. And Jay-Z said, basically said, so what? 
And, you know, even though that's some fucked up shit, I'm more of a person like, let's play nice. But that was fucked up. But at the same time, I can't help but respect it. And even Joe Button couldn't help but respect it. He even said, yo, that was fucked up. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yo, that was mad fucked up. But um, anyway, um, shit, what was the point I was even making? Um, Basically, I acknowledge that Jay-Z has some, you know, some less than desirable character traits but at the end of the day my respect for him my admiration for him and my love for him as a fan of not only just his music but his brand and his business acumen um is up there is high he is top two my favorite rapper and he ain't number two so you know this was a long time coming and I'm really glad that he, he getting his flowers while he's in his, you know, a little past his prime, but he up and about it and still relevant in the culture and he's goat status and, and just walking big dog. And I'm really just glad that he's getting his flowers. And I'm glad that he took that opportunity to acknowledge Dame Dash because for all of those who know and who've been watching this shit from day one, you know, I was devastated when him and Dame Dash parted ways. And even that shit was fucked up on Jay-Z's part. That was some fucked up shit. I can't believe I'm going up with this dude. This dude is like a villain, yo. He's like my favorite villain. <laughs> um, If you don't know what happened with Jay-Z and Dame Dash, I highly encourage you to watch Trap Lore Ross on YouTube. Um, I think he broke it down the best and he has some great footage and just, and I love how he tells stories. Like he's really funny. He's like a white guy from the UK, Um, but he knows his shit and uh, he's very funny. So it, it was an entertaining watch. I might watch it again just for the fuck of it when I go to work tomorrow. But yeah, so if you were uh, of age and you were um, witnessing that breakdown, that was devastating for real fans. And it was devastating for the culture because they really, you know, they did some things, baby. They really changed things and just influenced things and stuff. So anyway, I'm glad that he acknowledged Dame Dash. And I was expecting some bullshit from Dame Dash. But Dame Dash acknowledged the acknowledgement. And um, he's ready to put the bullshit aside. And um, speaking of that, there's been like hella rumors circulating of Lil' Kim and Nicki Minaj, you know, burying the hatchet. I even heard some rumors about Nicki Minaj and Cardi B burying the hatchet. So you know what? I feel like this year seems to be the year of burying the hatchet. It seems to be a year of let's get some peace in our lives and let's get to the bag. And, you know, let's dead all that other shit. Because, I mean, I'm not there yet in my personal life. But it just seems like in the industry, um, certain divisions are coming together. And um, I'm here for it. You know, let's let's turn up. Let's make the culture fun again. Again, if you was back, if you was tracking and aware of what was going on back then in the early 2000s, the late 2000s, I mean, 
it wasn't kumbaya or nothing, but it was definitely, it was just definitely different. And I'll leave that there. So, I'm just going to touch briefly on the news thingy. A news topic. This motherfucker, Elon Musk, said if WFP, that's World Food Program, can prove, I mean, excuse me, can describe on his Twitter thread exactly how $6 billion will solve world hunger, I would sell Tesla stock right now and do it. I don't understand, people. You know that there's hunger going on in the world. Why would you even say some bullshit like this? Like some of y'all are just so out of touch with reality. It don't matter if they can or can't um, detail how $6 billion could solve world hunger. Like why would you even dangle that? Just fucking give. Get the money. You have more money than you, your children, your children's children, your children's children, children, like more money than y'all can spend. I don't understand how there are humans living amongst us that are completely okay with having the means to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, and they won't fucking do it. Like, I don't understand how you can look at yourself in a mirror. I don't understand how you can sleep at night. I really don't understand it. So somebody, Dr. Eli David on Twitter, gave a little quick fact check and said that 2% of Elon Musk wealth is $6 billion. In 2020, the UN World Food Program raised $8.4 billion. How come it didn't solve world hunger? Um, I, I didn't verify any of this. I need to check the sources of that. But the fact that we're just throwing, like we're just flippantly and casually throwing out these numbers, 6 billion, 8 billion in relation to people who have absolutely fucking nothing is just mind boggling to me, mind boggling. And it's, it's just a disgrace and I'm over it. Um, that's just a whole separate episode in and of itself. All right, so let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. So on Instagram, I mean, yeah, Instagram, I came across this post from Cash Doll. She tweeted, I think women take men back over and over again because they're afraid of being alone. And so I responded and I said, "Uh, yeah, duh, but it's deeper than that. There's also a real fear of failure and change. I also said, in relationships, if you have a real one, you're investing time, money, attention, plans in addition to love and commitment. It's not easy to walk away from that, even when the person you're with keeps fucking up. And it's time to have a real conversation about this. Um, It seems like we are living in a current phase of shaming. We love to throw shame. We love to shame people for doing things that we perceive as weak. So I wanted to talk about relationships and and when do you walk away? When is enough enough? 
And if it's not enough, why do we shame people for wanting to work it out with their partners through the bullshit? So I went through hell this past year and a little bit of last year, excuse me, with my baby daddy. It was just habitual lies and sneaking and um, what else? What else was it? Betrayal and just this interest, emotional neglect. It was a lot. And um, I stayed. (laughs) I stayed in that relationship. Was I afraid of being alone? That was part of it. Yeah, I was pregnant at the time and I felt vulnerable and I felt like I couldn't emotionally handle a breakup during the pregnancy. Um, So I know that was a huge part of why I stayed was that I was way too vulnerable, like literally physically vulnerable as well as mentally and emotionally Um, but I just tried to like communicate with him in my mind. I was shaming myself for staying, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I invested a lot into this. Hell, we're about to have a baby. I'm not just going to walk away from that. No, we're, we're not married. We never were, but we were making plans and putting it into motion. We literally had a joint, um, stock profile together with thousands upon thousands of dollars in it, you know, not to mention me being in love with him and and me believing in family and me not wanting my son to be born into dysfunction. And so I was like, well, you know what? I have to, I have to fix myself. I have to, you know, somehow make it where he could stop hurting me. That was my thinking. Was it wrong? Yeah, probably, most likely. But there's a method to the madness. And I. the point I'm trying to make is that we have to stop shaming people for making those type of dis- decisions. We have to. It's so easy for us from the, on the outside looking in to say, oh, she's stupid and she need to leave. And why the fuck won't she leave? And, and her self-esteem must be low. Yeah, my self-esteem was low. During that time, hell, it's still recovering. But why are you shaming me for that? Why are you shaming anybody for going through that, for being hurt, for having hope, for wanting things to work, for wanting things to be okay and to be better and to and to not just walk away from everything they put into a relationship? And trust me, I'm not, this isn't a message of me saying, yo, y'all should stay and work this out. This is a message about let's stop making very complicated matters appear easy. Let's stop simplifying these things and actually have a conversation. If I had a friend who was going through what I went through, I would actively listen, keyword actively listen, and try to at least sort things out with her or help her sort things out versus, girl, you better than me. Oh, you, you know, you dumb and this, that, and third. Like, are you for real? 
we have to start investing in creating safe spaces again if there if that ever was a thing we can't keep saying shit like oh women empowerment um you know fix your crown sis and 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 you a queen sis and all this other bullshit but then we turn around and we tear queen down and we make queen feel feel ashamed for being at a low point for being vulnerable for wanting to be with the love of her life in her mind and wanting to work things out we have to stop being hypocrites stop simplifying oversimplifying things and yeah Hindsight being 2020, maybe it is as simple as in the relationship and let it be done. Maybe it is, but at least let's have a conversation. That's the point I'm trying to make. Um, I'm out of time, unfortunately. I'm recording on my web browser and they only give me up to 30 minutes and I'm already past 29 minutes headed to 30 minutes so um we're going to get into that a little bit more in another episode i need to figure out a way to make this shit longer but (laughs) anyway thank you so much for tuning in i really appreciate you guys listening you you don't have to but you do it anyway again we are we do have it an email it's chai chat pod at yahoo c-h-a-i-p-o-d as in dog Wait, no, I said that wrong. (laughs) Don't listen to me, y'all. It's late. Um, Have a good night. Hopefully you'll hear from me soon and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.